Welcome to the Zulu Time podcast, a straight talking conversation between two watch enthusiasts about the world of military watches. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Zulu Time podcast with your host Dan from Timely Underscore Moments. Right, so we've got a different kind of episode to what we've been doing recently. Um, I've obviously done a couple of interviews with watch, uh, watch brands slash owners and I've done um, the second part of the micro brand slash independent watch brands mini series with Mark over at Jana Watch. So um, this episode came out of the back of a Hadinki um, article written a few, well, probably what coming on about a month ago, I'd say, um, where I was fortunately to be actually tagged in it. Uh, well, the Zulu Time podcast was tagged into it, so I'm going to claim it was me. Um, and the subject was collecting around a watch. So I decided to reach out to one of my other watch fam contacts and see if he was free. He's always free when it comes to watches. Uh, and it's AJ. We know AJ from the Bellingham podcast and from the Analog Explorer. And he's decided to jump on and talk um, about collecting around the watch as well, uh, but from his kind of point of view out there. Um, but also another development that we've had in making this episode came out the back of the worn and wound uh, wind-up watch fair um, out in Chicago, where effectively they'd done a well, they'd done a long podcast episode, which went up onto the Worn and Wound podcast stream, but then they also split it and put the second part on the Grey NATO stream. So in order for you to get all of mine and AJ's conversation today, you're actually going to have to subscribe to the Analog Explorer podcast as well. Um, so we're going to see how this goes. Um, AJ has volunteered this time to do the audio editing, mainly because I'm going on a course next week uh, and I will be on a course until the um, basically early August, just before I go on to summer leave. So um, basically the next brew that I have is going to be, well, the next brew he has is on me for doing all the extra editing. Um, but hey, that's the, what happens, isn't it, AJ, when you have a mic and you're willing to travel? You know, I, the Analog Explorer podcast productions team, we are diligent. We are a team of one. You know, it's all good. But uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, bro. It's good to see you. Yeah, you too, man. It's been a while. Yeah. I think we'd have a bit of a generic catch up as well. Because obviously there's been a few things that we've both been talking about in terms of the watch news and watch releases over the last few months and watch developments Ooh. with a certain company as well. Yeah. Um, but obviously, before we get into all of that, what watch have you got on your wrist today? Well, I mean, last time we chatted, I said that I, you know, I, I was going to be going up to Canada and, you know, try to source this uh, elusive chronograph. And I do have a chronograph on my wrist this morning. Is it in the shape of something that went to space? Well, it's it's round. Yeah, it's round. Um, and it's it's got quartz. It's got a quartz movement. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, my five-year-old loves watching it. Uh, but it, it, it does not say Omega on it. It, it, it says Pulsar. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So a proper a proper G10 uh, Pulsar, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it's it's a loner, but uh, it's it's an elusive watch that I've 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 I dug up because of the old Seiko Gen One Gen Twos that were issued to UK military uh, RAF and stuff, yeah. and mm -hmm. I went down this rabbit hole this one day, and I'll I'll talk about the link to it, but um, later in in a watch that I I got as a kid, but. I found out that Pulsar, which is a subsidiary of uh, Epson uh, Seiko, 
they also issued uh, pulsars to RAF, and there were these two pulsar chronographs. Very, very elusive. Like, you don't see them on the forums very often. And it, most people probably don't look at them because it says Pulsar, not Seiko. But I really like the dial of the Gen 2. And uh, so anyway, yeah, I've, I've got a loner on my wrist of one. And uh, it's really fun. My, my five-year-old basically sees it, the, the chronograph as a fidget spinner. I'm pretty sure the battery in this is not going to last the year. Because uh, <laughs> I use it to, to time my tea and my brews. But um, my five-year-old basically will click it, watch it go around one minute so that the, uh, the hour register ticks over one. And then immediately he stop, reset, so it just goes all the way around. And he did that for about 15 minutes straight. So I'm pretty sure the battery in this is not going to last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to last uh, as long as uh, the, yeah, the battery life is said to, to last. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to look at why effectively people don't kind of collect them. Or maybe they're not as sought after in the military watch collecting kind of circles i don't know um but i mean if you don't know what these chronographs are guys go back into the archives of the zulu time podcast and there is an episode that covers uh the pulsar kind of chronographs and also the, the pulsar g10 watches in general there's 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 you know, to be fair it's all the way through the archives so treat yourself you've got 60 <laughs> episodes to get through they're good but, it's um, a good 60 yeah, of course. I mean, I'm, I'm biased, but they're still good. Um, but um, it's, it's interesting, obviously, to, to kind of, well, firstly, for you to have one, finally, yeah. uh, on your wrist and, and see your opinions of it. Um, I really like a couple of things stylistically about the Pulsar Gen 2. Um, and the, the first thing that sticks out to me is the broad sword kind of handset that they've got going on there. So... For anyone who hasn't seen them, they're kind of half skeletonized, mm -hmm. which I think is quite unique. Um, and then the other side of it is, is as again, you all know a little bit more than me, probably, because I only look at military watches. Um, <laughs> but as far as I'm aware, Pulsar don't use that case on any other chronograph in their line. So I'm aware. So they there is so there is a civilian version of this, and I think it is the same case. But it's well, I same same in the regard of the shape, but I don't know of the internal uh the the internal geometries. And I can look up the reference for the civilian one. It's funny because like at first glance, you're like, oh yeah, that, that one in the G10 is is exactly the same. And it's really not. The uh mm. the handsets are different. The on the civilian version, you get a color match date wheel. On the G10, mm. you get a white. And then also the the chronograph registers are different. And also you don't get a, uh, I, I, there's, there's a, there's a whole bunch of just little nuances that are different enough where you're like, the G10 makes more sense than the Civi one. That, yeah. That's the best way I can put it. The same, you know, same for same. Yeah. I just, I, I just prefer the, the Gen 2. It's a funky watch. It's a funky watch. It is a, yeah. It's a fun, I'm a funky guy, funky watch. And you know, it's, it, I finally can, I'm on your show and I'm wearing full, you know, full British G10 military. Uh, the one thing I did try to trade it out on is I've got the uh, uh, cheapest NATO's green. It's a green strap. It's not military because I'm not mm -hmm. military, nor do I play one podcast, but it is called British Racing Green. So I'm nice. full, full British for you today. So nice we've basically tapped into your inner anglophile you know mate it's all good well this is this is this is one of those episodes where you know you're having tea in the evening and i'm having coffee in the morning you know it's coffee to tea time bro it's all good yeah. what i know that you've got something new on your wrist what do you got yeah so i've got uh one of my vintage watches that came back in from service courtesy of 
um, Alex over at Elliot Brown. So he's I'm very fortunate to have a working friendship with with Alex. Obviously, as you know, I've I've done a lot of projects. I say I've done a lot of projects. I've done one completed project. I've just started um, a second project, which is due to be um, advertised in the next week or so officially, which would be really good. So if anyone is currently serving or a veteran of that cat badge, um, you'll see stories um, on the Tiny Moments uh, Instagram. Uh, and obviously follow the links, yada, 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 and you'll be able to you know keep up to date with that project. So I'm really pleased that that project's coming off. But when I went down there for a meeting, I occasionally, with Alex's permission, drop off watches to effectively get serviced. Now, they won't always be serviced by him, but he obviously has points of contact within the servicing right. industry, mainly because that's what happens when you are a watchmaker for over 30 years. You have people that you can lean on. Um, so he managed to get one of my, in fact, two of them. The other one is due to come back in August. Uh, it just took a little bit longer because obviously, as we know, with vintage watches, sometimes parts are difficult to source. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, like, I don't know about what your experience is, AJ, with servicing vintage watches or what they consider vintage watches over in America. But I mean, obviously, this one is vintage. It's, you know, 82 years old, effectively. Um, and I found that unless you go to an independent watchmaker, they're very unlikely or unwilling to open up a watch which has got radium hands. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've got, so I've got a local watchmaker here and he's, he's been, a I mean, uh, he's, he's lived in two countries, uh, three States. And he, it, it's funny because like, I can bring him pretty much anything I've seen him, you know, work on vent. He'll touch pretty much anything, uh, as long as he can fix it. And it's funny cause he getting to know him and, and he was kind of one of my, my resources when I was putting together the PNW 001. It was funny because like because I'm an enthusiastic on the repair and the fixing and the making side, he invited me to take a look at his bench and stuff. And so, I mean, I saw an original like Rolex GMT Master 1 he was working on. Like he'll if he can, he will. Mm -hmm. I found so when I was trying to understand better more about the um, drivetrain of, of different movements, I got a, a one on auction, a um, an old Bjorn. Um, dress watch and stuff. I actually, if you, you watch the original video, uh, the every moment has a story video yeah. that I produced, that's the movement out of that. And I got it. It was seized up when I, I got it and I got it for a song. And anyway, I got it running, but it wasn't keeping good time. And so I was just struggling to figure out what, what I did wrong on that movement, brought it into him and he goes, ah, and he puts it under like an Uber microscope. He goes, see this, these are your pivots. And I go, yeah. And he like zooms in like a hundred X. He goes, you barely have any left. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, oh, oh, okay. Well, cause I, I, I thought I got it working and stuff. And he goes, yep. And don't ask me, I can't, I can't get you the staff. Um, if you want yeah. me to get, I, and he's the kind of guy just like, if you want me to get you the staff, leave it here, I'll have to cut it. And he has a lathe and he'll cut, mm -hmm. you know, and he goes, but it's going to take me a year, you know, cause he's yeah. going to have to do it all by hand. And he's obviously got a service and he's a one man shop, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, there are some guys who are just. He'll, they, yeah, they'll do it. And if the price is right and if it's interesting, that's the thing is, is like he saw my enthusiastic th enthusiasm of trying to learn and try to understand, you know. Yeah. For, as for like I've, I I imagine there's probably I have a friend of mine who's um, a photographer and he uh, is also a cancer survivor. So, you know, mm -hmm. uh, pre him in his diagnosis of cancer, he used to uh, collect vintage uh, lenses. And back mm -hmm. in the day, obviously, they were radiated. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, uh, the the Russian lenses and stuff were like that. 
And after he fought and won cancer, uh, he got rid of all those because he just it was yeah. one of those things where he didn't want to touch it. He didn't want to be near it. He has a son as well. He didn't want his son to be near it, even though it's very low dose. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like you're going to be licking the main element on a lens, no. you know. Yeah. But it's some people just have that instance of like, I don't I, I don't want to be affiliated nor touch or be around it, even though some people won't. And that's cool. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fine either way, you know. Yeah, so am I. Like, it's one of those. I mean, if I had the ability to have gone into this one myself um, and done it, I, I obviously would have. Sure. Um, I probably need to actually re-go on that bandwagon. I know I started that bandwagon about 18 months ago. That was a tangent, but I did start the bandwagon 18 months ago, just acquiring things for me to do basic, yeah. you know, strip downs. And I probably will do now that I've finished my, uh, obviously, year-long training um, yeah. course. So I can kind of focus on you've side been, projects You've been again. busy. You've been busy. Yeah, what yeah, side yeah. projects? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, they don't exist. Uh, but anyway, the point being is, the other reason why I didn't, I wanted this one to be sent off by to one of Alex's friends is also because the dial condition on it is fantastic. And oh, I think yeah. if I'd gone into it, like I'd end up flaking the hands away or something like that. And it's just like, it's too nice a dial to have kind of ruined through my amateur watch fettling. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really is. That's a really clean looking piece, dude. Yeah. So yeah, I've got that on a bit, a bit of a vintage kick. You know, it's one of those where, um, you know, it's never going to see, Again, Scarecrow's frontline service again, but it's just nice to throw it on when you're not doing anything um, too crazy, uh, yeah. and you can look down on it, on it, and just it's it's quite unique, isn't it? So it is one of those kind of like more office-based, sedentary-based watches now. However, that being said, we were just talked before we recorded uh, the actual technical specs of this watch are insane really for the time you know it had a fully shock absorbent balance you know it's fully steel case 15 joules and like i think it's like high 30s power reserve i said the only thing that this hasn't got anymore is the luminescent dial because obviously the irradiation is just the half-life is gone uh so it just looks very nice um but when you compare it to the other ones that i've got in the collection you know they're all like base metal they don't have um shock absorbent balances and stuff like that you know it's, it's interesting to see what SEMA effectively sent to the British military at the outbreak of World War Two. So, yeah. so yeah, it's cool. Um, sure. That brings us on to like a bit of watching. Well, it brings us on to the main topic. But before we get there, I think we need to hit off two watch news things. One that I obviously went and actually saw. And then there's one that you sent through to me, which was obviously in line with plastic chronographs that went to the moon yeah our, oh, sorry no plastic chronographs that look like a metal chronograph that actually went to, to the, moon. the moon yes that and was it our previous our previous chat because you know it is a follow-up to that but no tell me tell me everything that i need to know about the ranger because that thing is oh, i love it i love it right so i like it okay yeah. it's it's getting a lot of mixed reviews i think where i stand on it if i was to like clinically look at it I'm a, I'm torn, right? And I'm yeah. torn for two reasons. One is the only modern Tudor out of, and I'll caveat this, out of the box straight away that I would buy. Yeah. Okay. There, and, and the only reason I wouldn't buy a Black Bay 58 mm-hmm. is because it doesn't have the Rangers bracelet on it at the moment at the moment i'm gonna put in at the moment because we obviously know that clearly are eventually going to put that t-fit class onto everything why they've not done that 
sooner, I have no idea because I think that five mil, yeah, exclusivity. Course, yeah, I mean, no differently than plastic moon swatches. It's you know, uh, even though they said they didn't want to be exclusive, but I mean, it's one of those things where it's a nod to if you're the first, then you get first dibs, and then moving forward, yeah, they'll probably trickle it down because why not? Yeah. So, and actually, what's really funny is that some people have been going to buy the range bracelet and putting it on their fifty eight. Yeah. So I would personally say that the, mo the most ideal modern Tudor that I would buy would be a 58 on a Ranger bracelet. Um, Folks, the, the, only... the face that Dan just gave me was the most British quintessential like hearty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, the other side is, is I've got the Explorer, right? Yeah. Now, I actually love the Explorer. My Explorer is the last iteration of the 39mm. So yeah. it's the one with correct proportioned hands, um, which was important. Um, you know, and it's a fantastic watch. It is like, it is the, you know, the, it's the mountaineers watch that everyone thinks about, you know, think of Ed Edmund Hillary, even though he never actually went <laughs> up with an explorer right. and obviously, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's very similar to what Tudor have done now. They didn't go to the, on the British North Greenland expedition with ranges on the wrist. They went with the Prince Oyster dates and the, yep. you know, and the Oyster Princes, and they did those. And also they had a white dial. But I understand why they're celebrating that expedition. And I think it's really cool that they've tied that back in. I think if I didn't have the Explorer, like I went in, like I said, probably what, the day after launch day or 48 hours after launch? Because it launched on a weird day, wasn't it? It launched on like a Tuesday. and You were there, I think, the next day. My yeah, time. like, and it, and the thing is, if I forgot, obviously, because unlike Rolex, you know, you, you know, Tudor launches a watch. They're actually in the ADs, guys. You can actually go and try them on and you can actually buy them. Uh, but what surprised me is, firstly, I had three very positive interactions over the 12 hours, effectively, because it was kind of an evening into the next morning where I managed to basically go. Well, I, was, I mean, I was going about my business that weekend and I managed to actually try it on three times so i managed to try it on canvas um their version of a nato strap and the bracelet just to kind of weigh it up and the second time i actually took my explorer because i was like right well we're going here anyway because i was invited to a another ad for a rolex novelties 2022 in slash 2023 kind of event where they basically said you're going to book time you can come in you've got no you know no you're not being forced to put yourself onto a wait list but you can basically just try all these novelties on mainly because we've got them in the shop and we're in new shop and we want to obviously get people in they're going back the week after so my original intention was to put the 39 mil explorer next to the 36 just to see my thoughts but obviously i had the 39 mil explorer with me i went into another shop and i put it next to the the ranger i think the ranger offers incredible value for money air quotes for the money that you spend because obviously you are spending two and a half grand yeah and that's a lot point. of money it is it is a that's lot mega of money point. you know but actually when you break it down if you are in the watch game as we all are two and a half grand is still more acceptable than putting yourself onto a wait list for a rolex that you're never going to get okay if you're in that that realm the other side of it is is it also gives 10 16 vibes i think apparently yeah. it's trending on it's trending on social media as like the tudor 10 16 or something yeah. like that and I like that. I, I do think too. It's really cool. You know, I think, you know, if you wanted that 1016 vibe and you can't afford a real 1016, which let's face it, not many people have north of 15 grand now to drop on a watch, yeah. you know, you're not going to do it. And it goes back to it, as we mentioned earlier with the servicing of my SEMA. If you had a 1016, servicing one's going to be horrendous because who's going to touch it? Because 
a lot of them have tritium dials but also more importantly replacing parts is going to be fairly difficult i'm going to guess now because of, you know especially hand yeah well especially handsets you know if, if the tritium goes on that you know it's just going to flake out of the handset you're going to have to get that replaced um so if you think vintage vibes with modern build quality that's yeah. basically what you're going to get you know um but yeah, I mean, it's one of those, if I didn't have the Explorer, I probably would have bought it like literally that day. And the best bit was, it was the one I tried on. He literally turned around to me and went, do you want to buy it? Like he literally said, this one is for sale. He went, I've got three in the shop. One's for display purposes only because we've only got three in the shop. He goes, I've got um, one on canvas that, you know, with the, with the deployment. And he goes, I've got one on bracelet. He goes, the canvas one is spoken for, but if you want this one now, you can walk away with it if you really wanted, which I felt was a really good thing. I mean, admittedly, clearly he was pushing for a sale because obviously what AD isn't, yeah, yeah. but the fact that I could walk in effectively, like you said, 36 hours after launch day and buy it, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't really complain. Um, it was definitely a bit of you. I think knowing you and what you collect, it's definitely a bit yeah. of you. Um, will it be a value proposition in terms of next to its bigger brother the explorer no it never will be but i don't think you're buying a tudor because you want it to be a value proposition i think you're buying it because you want to wear it and you want to actually do stuff with it exactly you know um the the only thing that i hate about it and i say i hate i don't actually hate it the only thing i disliked about the whole tudor range release was i actually disliked the advert video the oh, of with the expedition team yeah why? Because the the video is all about Greenland. It's all about ice. It's all about cold. Why is the music like a Wild West cowboy themed? <laughs> you know, like jig. You know, it's it's it's. I get it. Like you go on an expedition, but that was very much. You know, that's a soundbite and a soundtrack for. I'm going to find gold in California. Dun, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it's... Or, it's it's funny it's that you not mentioned cold, that. Is it? No, no, no. It's it's funny that, that you mentioned that because I I'm gonna have to rewatch it because when I saw when the announcement came out and stuff, I was I was at work and so I had to keep it muted. So I I was just like, mm-hmm. why? I liked the video. I I didn't. I've yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to it. I I don't know. Yeah, the soundtrack. listen to it because you'll just <laughs> listen to it. You know, it's great on mute. Kind of it's go, an advertisement yeah. that's meant to be watched on mute. There we go. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it tells me that Tudor's done their um their um um what they call it target audience analysis because actually 80 percent of people watch adverts on instagram and social media muted now so yeah you know they, so i get it but it's just it just detracted ever so slightly away from it because also then you had like That's a little funny. bit of fake wind a little bit of fake wind blowing in and it's just like yeah I'm i might i might have to i might have to do some magic editing and there might be right around here a clip of that for uh what is that uh, commentary reasons right here so it's time to make the right choice of what to bring with you out there. First, get rid of the unnecessary items. Hold on to useful, reliable, and robust instruments. Second, these guys came here long before you. So yeah, from their definitely do it. Put it in there. Put it in there. But yes, that was like my only major negative was the advert, really. Huh. Um, but no, if you get a chance, AJ, to try it on, mate, I'm genuinely interested to see your opinion, especially because you don't have something so no. close to it in your in your collection well i mean i so, so it's funny because like the moment that you it was funny because i was i i was away from my watches when that happened uh i was at conference and like you'd sent me pictures of your your, your rolex against the the ranger and stuff and i was just like 
oh man, like that's that's super cool. And it's funny because like I got the same the ten sixteen vibes and stuff. And uh, I'm actually I'm gonna I'll pull a, a quote from uh, Jason Heaton because he obviously had it early on and stuff and had some uh, pictures or Shani Gashani took some pictures of it and stuff. And it was cool because like he said, look, like look, there's nothing not to like about this. And if it wasn't for the fact. Uh, and his quote was, uh, if it wasn't for the fact it didn't have an adult fidget spinner known as a bezel, I would probably get one. And I'm, I, I, I basically said the same thing. Like that's, that's exactly how I feel. Like I, most of my watches have a bezel and when I was looking at it, you know, like immediately, I think I, I, I texted you back. I was just like, man, I really wish I had my Baltic. Cause at the time I had my, I don't know what I had on my wrist, probably my Aries. And that's why I like the Baltic Aquascraft bronze, you know, like when this came out, my wife got it for me, but like, even she liked it because, you know, it's got a gilt dial. It's got the 12, nine, three and six. It's time only, you know, it's got, it's got all of that vintage vibe and it's got my, my adult fidget spinner. So, you know, and and that's, that's the thing that like, uh, with most of my quote collection is like i've got there's some sort of complication if you want to call a bezel complication you know whether it's a world time function or um you know funny enough i don't have any chronographs because i don't really need to time that many things short of right now i am timing our show but also like i get wet a lot in the northwest so predominantly speaking like i'm not going to have a lot of pilots watches it's just not the the pnw way of life um for me anyway but no like looking at the ranger like if i didn't have if the baltic if etienne never did the baltic aquascaft bronze you're right mate like i would probably want to go down and try that one out because it's, it it has all the vibes that i like but i've i've got it i've got it in my my aquascaft and as we talk about it later you know I, you know, if i had the if i had the option of trading in quote unquote my my baltic for that i would never do it and i'll explain why later yeah no i agree with you. i agree i think like i said it's one of those it's I think we can lust after things we don't need, I think, as well. You know, and that's, that made, but that's the appreciate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think I think I appreciate the story more behind the Ranger than the actual Ranger, I think. However, um, out of all of two, all of the two iterations of modern Ranger, this is definitely the one that is yes. a Ranger, whereas the previous one from like 2014 or whenever it was, was, was awful. <laughs> yeah. It was like some, it was like some Frankenstein, like love child of a watch. <laughs> Let's be fair. Like that's the best way to describe it. Before we move on to the Moonswatch bit, there, there was two bits of minor hate actually that I saw from other people generic where, hmm. and they came from pretty big watch review channels. Okay. And it was one of those where it's just like, you've completely misinterpreted yeah, everything about this watch if you don't understand it. And one was he did not like the, uh, well, he called it a shovel hour hand. I don't know what we're going to call it, an arrow-tipped yeah. hour hand or whatever. Yeah, that's what um, he, hated, he, he disliked it uh, and said that they should have put the snowflake on it. Yeah, that would make it a black bay. Like, that's not... Exactly. They've already done that with the Black Bay 36 yeah. YouTube was what I was thinking. You know, um, and then someone then also said that they disliked that it was released on an oyster bracelet. And said, well, what else? What other bracelet <laughs> was Tudor going to release this on? You know, I mean, but you got your choice. Like if you, if you didn't like that, you've got their mm. um, I'm going to slaughter it because I can't remember the, the name in French. Fer, Ferrier. I can't remember the, the manufacturer you of their, their heritage strap. Which yeah. I think those straps are awesome. I think they're they're uh, the history behind it and the family that mm-hmm. runs it is just way cool. Um, I can't speak to their their hybrid strap because I've I've not seen one nor or yeah. tried one. But like, you know, if you did if you have umbrage over the if you don't want that, fine, so be it. Then go bring me another strap or you know. 
put whatever you want on it. It's a watch. Put what you want on it. Well, exactly. Like I always tell people now when they look for the next watch to buy or they go, oh, Dan, you're the watch guy. What should I buy next? Or what should I buy for a watch? I always tell them, whatever you buy, never look at the strap it's on because you can always change it. If you like the watch and you don't like the strap, take it off. Yep. On that subject, right? You talk about watches that come with crap straps. Let's talk about. <laughs> let's segue. talk about. That's yeah, a good. Let's that's a good about, pivot. Yeah, let's talk about the Moon Swatch because even though I've not held it, I know it comes with a crap strap. Yeah, it does. So it was an interesting article that you sent to me last week, and I, to be honest, my reaction is still the same, and it rolls along the lines of what the duck because <sighs> I don't, I don't understand it. it. I don't get it. I don't I get it. I don't, that's why I sent it to you because, and it was funny because you, uh, again, because I was on the road. So I was just like, mate, like, I, and I, I got it off of Watch Crunch, uh, which, mm-hmm. you know, full disclosure, like, uh, Max is uh, in my, my red bar group in Seattle. So, like, I was on there and I saw that was posted in one of the channels. And, you know, it's, it's one of the Fiat's in London. And of course, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to reach out to you and I'm like, mate, do you know about this? And I found the promo and stuff and it's all in Europe. It's like this European grand tour and a bunch of colorful Fiat's, which cool. My wife loves Fiat. Great. But like, I didn't, I just didn't get it. And this is hot no. on the heels in the fact that, uh, I guess Swatch or Omega, I don't remember which one has confirmed that these aren't going to be sold online now. Like Swatch. So Swatch went back on what they said. Um, was it Reynold? Not Reynold Ashland. He's the one who's in charge of Amiga. It's his other mate yeah. who's got a name I can't quite pronounce. But he was the one who was like, "Yes, these are going to go online." And then, like, um, what? We four months later, no, these are not going <laughs> to go online because it's a ster- um, it's there's no emotion in buying online. When? Really? No. I mean, I get it. Like, yeah, I get sure. that you want the experience, to, like experience. Yeah, but I get that. I just want to throw this out here. It's a two hundred and seven pound watch, <laughs> right? Like, what experience are you going to get? Let's be fair. Like, you're not going to get a great experience. And if anyone, right, what annoys me, and it was similar again. I was listening to the Bamford podcast, hmm. and they were talking about this because obviously he released that G Shock, and obviously his yeah. launch didn't go quite as well as he wanted because of flippers. And right. we knew the same obviously thing up with the Moon Watch, and you just sit there and kind of go. Like the people I feel sorry for now are the employees within the swatch yes. store. Agreed. Because they are going to have to deal with everyone from, like you said, you know, the the child who saved up two hundred and seven pounds for his birthday. Yep. Yeah. You know, to go, you know, to get the one that they want, or maybe not get the one they want because they just don't have it in yet, and have to face that absolute kind of, you know, that meltdown of that child because they don't have the red one or they don't have the green one or whatever, you know, and they can't guarantee that the next one's going to come in. And then right through to, like you said, people are going to go in there and flip it, you know, for double, maybe triple its value, you know. And then also now we've got to contend with the fact that there are fakes coming out yeah, on I saw that. Etsy. Out of, out of uh, a site that rhymes with Shmally Baba. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and like, I saw a video earlier this week and the guy was just like, I've handled a real one and I've handled a fake one and like questionable differences, you know? And it's just like, I mean, admittedly that shows you how good, you know, well, it basically just shows you that the factories um, that make fakes now are 
just as good right. in some cases which we, you know which and, we've and seen i mean anybody who's seen watchfinder and co like they mm. those those videos that you know mr talking hands does and stuff like the fact that you have to be under 10 20 30x magnification and look at the the, the uber details mm. i mean turning out something that is a bioceramic uh, plastic watch i mean yeah they could do that on a dime i would i would have assumed yeah. as well yeah, so it's been interesting, isn't it? But the fact that they've done this weird European tour, I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I it, what it is, it's like Amiga slash Swatch group slash Swatch, whatever they want to call themselves for this, have basically gone, mm, we've got an enthusiast train. Yes. And we've got a hype train, train. right? And they're on two parallel running sets of tracks, right? And they're going through the same train stations and all of a sudden at one point everyone was on like the enthusiast train they yeah. got off and just smashed themselves onto the hype train because they thought it would get to the next station faster and obviously it's not no you know what i mean so like going back to our last episode you and i we were we were over the moon giggity because it was fun it was going to be quote accessible if you can get to a boutique you know like and like you're saying like having having a little kid that wants to go get one like that was my son right and yeah, he still wants one because he just got done with art camp and it was space themed. And guess what? He mm. picked Mars as his planet. Like that is where my son is at. And that's cool. I've made two attempts. I was there on, on day one that and that got posted and stuff. I even reached out to the AD up uh, uh, or the boutique rather up there in, in uh, YVR to be like, hey, you know, is there a list? What's the deal? Because, you know, I'm down here in the United States and I want to come through again got no response back which fine like you mm. said like i'm not gonna fault them i got a pat answer back of like look if you're inquiring about the moon watches like it's we have no structure it's first come first serve if you're here like type of a thing so this is gonna be our third attempt i've got a i've got a trip coming up and we're gonna be passing through yvr again i'm gonna try to go through metro town and see if i can't get one but the like you were saying like the the tra the two trains I almost feel like the air of the 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 oxygen level of of the enthusiasm, the fun, okay, mm. has been sucked out, and that yeah. it sucks saying that because you and I were so like over the moon over mm. the fact that this was going to be accessible. It, it would have been way cooler if they would have just instead of fiat spending all the money on that campaign of like being out in the streets and doing like whatever they're doing there, just opening it up and being like, all right, we are going to have these offered in all Swatch stores or. Uh, put them in Omega stores because there's an Omega boutique down in Seattle. It's easier for me to go mm. there, you know, or yeah. something. But I don't know, like cotton candy colored Fiat's. I don't, and it's a Fiat, like Omega and Swatch and Fiat. I, I, I just didn't get it. I didn't get it. I don't get it. I, I, I think they chose Fiat because they don't want to play, play pay for uh, emissions in central <laughs> London. Uh, to be honest, I, I have a feeling it's to do with being eco friendly now. You know, because okay. bioceramic, isn't it? So yeah, it's bioceramic, right, right. it's eco friendly. Uh, the Fiat five hundreds that they put those things in, I think, are sit just below the threshold for emissions charges in most major <laughs> cities. So I have a feeling that's why they've done it. Well, but if they did that, why didn't they spring for the Fiat E's? You know, like the, the full well, E types. Yeah. Well, because you only get like, you know, 175 <laughs> miles on a charge. But, yeah. you know, in London or in, I guess there's, this is the other thing too. I don't understand their advert. Like they had the signpost of like all the different, typically it's cities around the world. But there's like a sign that says France. Like it doesn't say Paris or where in France. It just says like France, Germany. And then it says London. Like London is, London is its own planet. Like, 
I, I just, I didn't understand. That's why I, genuinely, I wasn't trying to egg you when I texted you. I was just like, dude, I don't get this. Do you know anything about this? Like, yeah, it, it, it's like a good ideas club and they've just gone, oh, <laughs> you know what it is? I think what happened was they, they, they probably came up with this idea and then they probably realized they just don't have the stock to support it. Yeah. I think they've just gone, well, we've committed because we've already painted like nine cars out the back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like the procurement, the procurement on this was, was something spectacular. I think like insert generic Swiss name here. He's like gone on, got really excited. He's like procured those Fiat 500s and he's just gone, oh, well, we've got to use them now. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's what's happened, you know? And it, it's a shame really, because like you said, I just don't understand it. But more importantly, why is it a European tour? Right. You know, like, why? You know what I mean? Like, because again, it's only going to go to certain cities. They only stipulated London in that initial launch thing. And then they've basically said, keep up to date on Fratello watches and swatch social media to see where they're going to come. Well, I don't have time to sit on your Instagram stories as much as I'd like to. Yeah. You know, I don't have time. And also, I'm still a f not a fair way. You know, I'm obviously a lot closer to London than I was last month and a lot closer to London than you are. Right. You know, I'm more likely to come into contact with that little moon colored Fiat 500. But like, you're never going to see one. No. You know, for, frankly, you're never going to see one. So you're right. Like, why did they not just put the money into it being, if they wanted to do a tour, they could have done a tour anyway, but they could, you know, because they earn enough money. Why did they not just, like you said, just throw them into all major city yeah. swatch shops of a certain square footage sure you know as most of them do or like you said they just turn around and say actually we're now just going to throw them into amiga boutiques because it's a cross-branded watch yeah i guess i did i, yeah. like I said it and again i'm coming from the pers the prospectus of like my my son is going to be six and he really liked space and he really liked mars because it's red and he likes the color red and i'm not like i said as as a as a watch person like you know it's hard for me to, to be like tell my son just like you know well boo like you know maybe we'll see it maybe we won't you know because i've already said like i'll get him one hmm. and but it, I, I can't get him one you know yeah. and that that's the part that kind of just crushes me a little bit the, the enthusiasm side of it because go, going on to the 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 topic that we have which is collecting around a watch like he genuinely just wants it because it has a picture of Mars and it's red mm -hmm. and that's what he collects yeah. like in, at his mm -hmm. young age that, that, you know, I, I want, I wanted these to be that and it just has gone yeah. the hype train. Yeah, exactly. Right. I think we've done the news to death on recent, um, recent releases and general, uh, what I like to call just watch. I'm not going to swear, but watch puckery. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nice save. Dan. So my, on my podcast, I can swear. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, watch Puckery. So, um, let's rewind. We, we, we spoke about um, how this, this episode is all about collecting around a watch. Yeah. So, like I said, this came out the back of an article that Cole Pennington wrote um, about what other items you collect around the watch. And that got me thinking. So, like, for me, AJ and the military are a little bit, you know, as you've realized, the military are like magpies. We like things that are shiny, <laughs> hard to get hold of, and or not yours to get hold of. So you either have to, you have to grease the wheels somehow with favors or packets of biscuits to get certain things. And that's the currency that we work in in the military. More recently, however, just so you're aware, we like to swap 
kit. Yeah. Okay, so in the military, we like to swap patches. We like to swap bits of stuff that we know we can just swap because, you know, well, for me, like, I don't really care about X or Y or whatever. And that is born into um, my collection of what I like to call generic podcast stuff, right? Which is stuff like patches. It's coins. Challenge yeah. coins have been a big thing. Um, and then, like you said, other stuff like catalogs and photos or like you know media like printed media seems to be a big thing in watches you know have you seen like i've seen a lot of the old fashioned kind of watch adverts that are now being painted and framed or people commission people to do some artwork based off a watch and i think that's quite cool yeah you know and it made me look at my collection effectively and think actually what do i collect around the watch and i've got a few things obviously i've mentioned that you know like i said i've got i've got a big set now of watch specific challenge coins and i'm just going to give you out a few um ones off the top of my head obviously i've got the the company ones so like for example when i've done special projects for braymont i've got the up-to-date set of challenge coins that were commissioned by the braymont military team since i've become a project leader and i think that's really cool some of them are numbered some of them got some really cool designs on it be it the military team design logo or like a watch light movement which i think is quite cool you know right through to patches where i've got obviously the zulu time podcast patches which everyone i like to think wants to collect guys um your patches that have come through you know from the bellingham podcast and then i've even got unit patches or i've got patches from listeners where i've swapped out patches you know and all that kind of stuff and that's the stuff that i can seem to collect but what i found interesting about the whole collecting around the watch was Cole never mentioned the thing that everyone collects around the watch without even thinking about it. And you collect stories, you know, and that's really holistic and like, you know, kind of deep there, but like we all collect stories. I mean, if I look at my watch box, every single watch that I've got has a story, be it how I've got it or what I've done with it. Yeah. And I felt that was interesting that they went down the route or Hadinki went down the route of actual material things that tied in. And what I liked was he had, um, for his World War II watches, he had some unit patches from World War II, yeah, either, cool. you know, period correct or repro reproduction. You know, I've got some of the original clasp knives from World War II because it's just another thing that you can get hold of fairly cheaply, but make, you know, that you can actually still use them, right. you know, because it goes back to it. Like the build quality on clasp knives from like the 1940s are a lot better than the clasp knives of like 2015. Now, that's not to say that they're not bad, but the fact that I can still sharpen a knife that is 82 years old and use it for daily stuff, it's still pretty good. You know, I don't think I'd be able to do that for my one that I was issued, you know, but it was interesting that they went down the material route for collecting around the story. And that's why I thought that me and you differ in the fact that our watches have got collections of their own, but in the stories that we've gained you know through using those watches yeah and i just kind of wanted to highlight a few of your uh collection really and obviously just bounce them back and forth to see if we had any similarities across our collections because i like to think we're quite similar people in our in our mindset and activities that we do outside of the watch band. no totally so for me like it i have to kind of rewind to like how and i don't think i've i've really talked i've, I've mentioned on the belly podcast that I, I got into watches because as a little kid you know my dad was a diver and he had a dive watch and that's that mm -hmm. that was quintessentially what i thought watches were they have a bezel a fidget spinner for an adult and mm -hmm. you know it was a tool like back in that day you know the the the, the prime time of all diving